Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. He was kind of a, a guy that um, was kind of uh, pretty good in most areas. You know, decent blocker, pretty good hands, ran, runs decent. So, of all the tight ends we looked at, he was the one that we thought was the best option. How long do you think it'll take him to acclimate to the offense or pretty yeah, complex? I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's um, you know, it's hard to tell when you. you I haven't even met him yet, so. <laughs> I mean, I he's the, is this the best Zimmer's ever been? Just in terms of like, I don't give a crap anymore, guys. How long is it going to take him uh, to act? Chris Herndon, there, by the way, was the subject. Yeah. How long is it going to take Chris Herndon to acclimate to the offense? Zimmer's like, <laughs> I don't, how would I know? I haven't been yeah. in an offensive meeting in three years. I'm a defensive guy. The hell you haven't you, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't noticed. That's going to be up to Clint Kubiak. To get him a stupid up question. Stupid question. You idiot. Is that Chad Graff? I can't tell. What a moron. That guy I love is. the. I but I love the. I love the old man vibes where he's just sort of at his wits end with things now and. <laughs> Like, it, but he's not being a complete jerk. He's just like, I don't know. I, who knows? Dude, the, I love it. Like, Rick acquired but, him. He should have said that. This is Rick's guy. This is not my guy. This is Rick's guy. But he's like, hey, uh, you know, what did you guys see in Chris Herndon? And he's basically like, I mean, you know, he's okay. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. He's like, you know, he's, he's like pretty okay at everything. He's a decent blocker and like, he's got okay hands. He's, yeah, he's pretty much the best guy available. Out of the $3 used DVD bin, you know, we're pretty desperate, quite frankly. I haven't met him I yet. I might get fired, guys. <laughs> I haven't met him yet. I wouldn't know him if I Who ran knows? into him in the locker room. I'd be like, are you the new guy? Or are you an equipment guy? Or what are you? <laughs> so this is Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company, Daily Vikings Entertainment, Mackie, Judd, executive producer Declan. And uh, our mission statement's very simple. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. So... That's everything we say sort of comes through that prism. And uh, if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel on a TCL TV, thank you, because TCL is one of our uh, great partners here that helps keep this show afloat on a daily basis. And they have a new lineup of award-winning TV delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. If you want a full Sean Mannion is back breakdown, we did that on Mackie and Judd, our other daily show today. So go check that out. Scornorth.com, Scornorth app, YouTube, Scornorth YouTube channel. But uh, earlier this week, Mike Zimmer, sort of tongue-in-cheek but not really, um, he made reference to the fact that someone asked him, 
kind of seems like you've been putting out fires a lot over the last 30 days. And he said, last 30 days? Hmm. Try the last eight years I've been putting out fires. And so Judd Zolgad presents to us a pecking order here, a classic patented Mackie and Judd purple daily pecking order of the biggest fires that Mike Zimmer has had to put out in his eight years as yeah. Vikings coach. Built this campfire music may as well, pun intended. Oh, I like it. Yes. Okay. So I came up with five, and, and I didn't run them past you, so I might have missed one or two. So tell me if I did. But here are my top five fires that Zim has had to put out. One of these is his own doing. Basically, four of them are are somewhat out of Mike's control. I, started... feel, I feel like I can feel the fire right now. It's great. It's, oh, yeah. It's well, great. you know, it's getting towards fall, Phil. It's yeah. getting towards fall. It's perfect. Right. Hoodie weather. It's perfect um, beer drinking weather. All right, number five, firing John Filippo with three games left in 2018. Okay, so we're counting self-inflicted fires? Just one self-inflicted So if if he's the arson, we're counting these? Yes, yes, (laughs) but just one. This is the only one in which it's completely – because here's the problem. I'm going to get to some more, which might be considered to be slightly self-inflicted, but also involved other entities. But here's the thing. So Mike Mike hired – DeFilippo, after he was quarterback's coach for the Eagles team that absolutely crushed the Vikings in the 2017 season NFC Championship game. And, you know, he's like, yeah, what you did was great. Let's see you do it here. And then DeFilippo did it, and he's like, this doesn't really – this isn't what I like to see. I, I, I want to run the ball more. And DeFilippo is probably like, yeah, but it's 2018 now. We really should pass the ball like we did in Philadelphia. And so they spent the whole year clearly bickering and and fighting about this until with three games left after that loss in Seattle, he decides to fire him and at that time promote Kevin Stefanski, who would go on to get the job. But my point is that's fire. That's the fifth fire, and and he had to. He certainly played a role. He plays a role in some of these, but it also was like. An unnecessary three games left. I'm trying to make the playoffs, so I'm firing my, my OC, who, by the way, we all thought was going to be had the magic formula from the world champion Eagles. Football is so famous for doing that, right? Like every year, it's like, all right, who's the offensive coordinator for the team that scored a lot of points in the playoffs? Okay, who's the quarterbacks coach of the young quarterback that developed into a star? And it's just like success by association. We thought, oh, John Filippo, yeah, he really molded. It was, it was Carson Wentz, right? Is that what it yeah, was? It, yeah, it was Carson Wentz. Yeah. And, oh, so and, Carson and Wentz would. Was great. Yeah. Carson Wentz would have just been a bumbling backup yeah. failure if it wasn't for John Filippo yep. elevating him <laughs> and pulling the puppet strings, hire him, right? Yep. Exactly. So number four, and it's incredible now because we're about to go on a, a trip down memory lane to the 2016 season it's incredible how much went wrong and how many things were askew in 2016 but number four on my list is right around christmas time of 2016 the green bay mutiny the vikings give up 38 points against the packers and that's the game in which the whole game plan was for xavier Rhodes to cover Jordy Nelson the entire game, so he was supposed wow. to follow him, switch sides. Jordy Nelson was still a thing. Yeah. He was a big thing. Big thing. And and essentially, it sounds like the defensive backs, Rhodes included, and I think it was Zim's friend Terrence Newman, were like, "We're going to switch that up, and we're not going to have Rhodes play sides." 
and Zimmer went off in the post game about it. They tried to walk it back. They said at one point that Rhodes misspoke in his post game because he quote got nervous in interviews, which he never did. He was really smart. Uh, so the Green Bay Mutiny is number four Green on Bay my Mutiny. list. I don't speak in interviews because I get nervous. That's like Sammy Sosa all of a sudden needing a translator at that hearing from 15 years ago. I'm sorry. I don't speak English. Yes. What? Yes, you do. Yeah, you've been speaking perfectly <laughs> in clubhouses for years. No, 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 no. You, no, you mistook that. <laughs> all right. So What's the, the third one? The Green Bay Mutiny is four. The third one, also 2016, and I forgot till I looked this up last night, the Vikings were 5-2 and two at this point because they got off to a 5-0 and oh start. Norv Turner reportedly quitting oh, and yeah. walking out of Winter Park the day after the Bears Monday night, I believe it was, loss in Chicago, which was – so the Vikings had the bye at 5-0. Mm-hmm. They came back and lost to the Eagles in Philadelphia, and that's the game where Zim, Zim said his offensive line was soft. Yeah. And then the next week was the Monday night game in Chicago, and Norv, after that game, at 5-2, and two, walks out the door. Yeah. Yeah, and have we ever really confirmed exactly what happened there? Like – there's there's been all these different sort of rumors that there is a huge falling out or a fight or never there, confirmed you know, things may have gotten physical but it's never been it's never been confirmed. And Zimmer has teased it by admitting that more happened and coming close to talking about it and always yeah. been talked off the ledge to not talk about it. That we need a thirty be, for thirty. What happened between Zim and what if North? I told you? We need the book. The Zim, Zim, the Vikings. Well, he in his in his quote about putting out fires, he did yeah. say there will be a book someday. Yeah, I know well, he was joking, but hey, I'm, get, no, I'm here to help write that. Let's get Come on the on, book right now. Up. Yeah, let's, make let's that get happen. on that book. Number two, 2014, the Adrian Peterson suspension. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, uh, yeah. Don't take yeah. a tree branch to your four year old kids, folks. That was after lesson learned. He was what Peterson was flown to Houston, uh, to Houston to face. Um, the criminal case, I think he, he was being charged um, after, was that after the f- opening game? I think the I think the Vikings opened against in St. Louis against the Rams. Is that right? It was right around the beginning of the season. Yeah, and they were going to play the, the first game. And yeah. they were going to play the Patriots in week two at uh, TCF Bank Stadium. And that's the one where Spielman did the press conference the day after and was like, oh, th- th- this, is an, it, th- this is a family matter. Adrian, we plan on him being back, and all hell breaks loose. This is definitely a candidate for the top position because this just caused – I mean, one, it's your star player. The offense at that time, keep in mind, was built around him. Yeah. Like, like he was not a – he was not a – well, he's a, he's a piece of the puzzle. He was the puzzle. He was the puzzle. He was one of the highest-paid skill position players in the entire NFL, if not the highest-paid uh, running back or wide receiver and this set off a series of uncomfortable public press conferences where the Radisson logo was prominently <laughs> featured, and Radisson was like, "If we could just uh, it's gonna be a no for us, dog." They were, just they were the Homer Simpson going back into the bushes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they totally were. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. All right. And before you get to number one, yes. When it when it comes to putting out fires, yep. Mm-hmm. If you're a business owner. You want to make sure you're partnered with Federated because Federated helps with risk management. They help with planning. They help with employee safety. All of these things that you may think, oh, yeah, I got profits, profits, profits. The most important thing with the business is profits. Yeah, but like you got to worry about potentially uh, losing money on the other side if you're not properly protected. And that's where Federated comes in. Find out more information at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business, 
to protect yours. Uh, Judd, you mentioned it's fall weather coming up. Like once the state fair's over, it's like we just transition right to fall, and uh, no better thing to sip on than a surly, I would guess. Oh yeah. I am so looking forward to Surly in the fall on these crisp, let's say, 63-degree evenings. It drops into the 50s. Absolutely. And and me and me, <laughs> windows are open. Football is on, okay? The brisk air is coming in and in my hand. It's not just any old beer, ladies and gentlemen. It's Minnesota's favorite IPA. It's a Surly. Beer tastes, and I don't know why, but I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite beers taste better in the fall they don't taste better in summer sorry uh i enjoy them in summer i enjoy them in spring i enjoy them in winter but fall is beer drinking time you do enough settling in life right don't we all don't we all settle enough darn it crack open a surly furious enjoy the ipa that revolutionized minnesota craft beer don't settle. Go to your liquor store. Drink responsibly, but make sure you get surly. I love when Declan makes makes comments that are clearly loaded. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Football. Well, but I think it helps the snack. Because then I'm like, yeah, yeah. see, like, yeah. Dex is going to go get a surly. Executive production right yeah, there. I feel right. it helps. So, <laughs> What is the number oh. one fire that Mike Zimmer has put out in his Two. career? Two quick disclaimers on this list. One, I'm including nothing from this year yet because we don't know how it's going to play out. So, like, there are fires, but I'm not going to include them until in retrospect we can say, well, that was a problem or that wasn't a problem. I am also, out of respect, leaving Tony Soprano's death out of this because that was a definite fire. That was a big one, yeah. Um, But I don't know where you, like, rank a death. Like that's a little bit. Yeah. So so like it's a definite fire. It deserves. It's mention. number one. No, it should be number two. Right. Okay, exactly. Weird. No. 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 It's five. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just close. So anyway, out. out Wasn't of, that good of a? Oh God. Out of respect, yeah. I'm not going to start a debate about where a man's death ranks. And number one on my list is a leg. Teddy Bridgewater's leg snapping in practice right before the God, season starts. It snapped. God. The damn leg snapped. I don't know it how exploded. it it exploded exactly right. Like it oh. was not. He didn't tear the ACL. His knee blew up. His knee exploded. Um, but I mean, think about the circumstances. <laughs> think about when it happened. It's 2016. <laughs> Zimmer loves this guy. Zimmer loves this guy. Keep in mind, they had just opened US Bank Stadium. He had just played like, you know. And I know it's a preseason game, but Teddy had just played this really good game in the time he got to play. Against the Chargers, the Chargers at U.S. Bank Stadium. And you're right before your season starts. Hopes are high as can be. And that happens. And I can tell you one thing right now. I can tell you a trickle down from from one to three on my list. Norv Turner does not quit if Teddy Bridgewater does not get hurt. Because that offense was going to run according to, keep in mind, Teddy was largely Norv's guy. Um, and I think Norv would have stayed out of loyalty to Teddy. And also, I don't think, I think part of the problem was there was a disconnect because Bradford was new and they were doing different, you know, now they're trying to do different things. So I really do think that what happened to Teddy on that day at Winter Park affected what happened with Norv months after that walking out. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's hard to disagree with your your young first-round franchise quarterback having a devastating knee injury right before the first game of the season, number one. All right, some other ones I don't know if you included. Mike Zimmer, master uh, fire putter outer. Blair Walsh missing a 27-yard field goal. Yeah. I almost feel like it's it's weird because it's not like a fire in the sense that the season's starting and you're losing right. your quarterback. How do you operate? But it was like 
it just completely slammed the door on this momentum that you had and prevented you from maybe making a postseason run. That defense was dialed in. The offense was good enough. So I'd put that one on there. I think Daniil Hunter suffering a tweak that turned into a season-ending neck injury and then him having to go with a bunch of rookies in places that he didn't want to last year. I think that has to be considered. I like that. Um, And then I would also put the Dan Bailey crisis mid-season last year where all of a sudden, like, you're trying to figure out, can we kick a field goal at all? Like, all right, it's fourth and nine from the 31. Like, what do we do? (laughs) The whole kicker thing might get a chapter in Mike's book, right? Oh, I think it might be half the book, actually. He might just, like, list all of the kickers. Got two games. And that was a self-inflicted crisis in fire because, like, he just wasn't patient enough with a guy they drafted in the fifth round. Yeah, the kicker thing could definitely be a chapter. Yeah. So uh, there it is. That's Judd's pecking order, Mike Zimmer putting out fires and uh, ranking them in pecking order fashion. Boys, uh, I got four of you here. Get those nerds! 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 A quick nerd stat of the week before we also get to random Viking of the week. And... It has to do with how well quarterbacks play in the final four minutes of each half. And uh, this was initially a conversation that Nate Tice, son of Mike Tice and uh, former assistant with the Raiders, now does a bunch of media work with the Athletic Football Show. Um, We're going to get him on a couple times during the season ourselves. So Nate Tice started just opining on an Athletic Football podcast about how Kirk Cousins, if he was a basketball player, he's not the guy that's going to like go get you a bucket late in the game, right? That, listen, if he's spotted up in the corner and he's open, boom, he's going to hit a three. If you can swing the ball around, like, hey, he's he's definitely open shot guy. He's going to knock him down. But if it's 30 seconds left, we need a three-point shot, and you have to create your own offense. Like, he's not that type of a quarterback. Nor is he probably great at basketball. I'm not sure. I've never seen him play. But... um This was quantified uh, by The Athletic, and they used a metric called expected points added. So this is going to get, this is going to get really wonky here. Okay. All right. And don't kill the messenger here. Okay. I know I haven't been exactly pro cousins, but don't kill the messenger. Send your complaints to The Athletic here. Okay. So expected points added is a measure of how well either a team or a player, you can you can do both measurements, performs relative to expectations. So like, for instance, if your team has the ball at the 50-yard line, um, you know, first down and 10, 50-yard line, your expected points from that point forward on that possession would be X, would be like you, you're expected to score 2.7 points on average okay. starting your possession at the 50-yard line, right? So it's all situational. Baseball has this too. The percent chance of winning a game now with the bases loaded, you're up to bat, you hit a grand slam down three, and you've gone from 10% chance to win to 90%. You get 0.8 credit or whatever for uh, your expected you know, win probability. So yes. I know it's super wonky, but Kirk Cousins ranks 29th among NFL quarterbacks the last two years in expected points added per play in the last four minutes of halves. So how well are you playing? You know, To what extent are you helping or hurting your team's chances to score points in the last four minutes of a half? Derek Carr is actually number one. And he's oddly number one or number two or three in a lot of different late-game stats. Like, he's clutch, man. Derek Carr, 
He also has like 11 fourth quarter yeah. comebacks in the last three years. So he's a flawed player too, but Derek Carr is almost like the opposite of Cousins where yeah. they're both in the same bin. Carr rises up late in games. Cousins tends to shrink. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a bizarro world, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Fitz Magic is in this grouping. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, and then we can kind of keep going from there. So the guys who are negative, all right, who actually reduce your expected points added, Carson Wentz is his last four minutes of half. Carson Wentz, Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Jared Goff. Those guys perform worse in the last four minutes of a half, according to expected points added, than average and then the top quarterbacks. Now, why might that be? Last four minutes. It's not Kirk's fault. Teams are teeing off on you. You're probably not running the ball as much, right? Offensive line uh, stinks. Offensive line does stink. <laughs> and when teams have to, when 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 teams know the Vikings are passing, I mean, yeah. oh, it's true. It's a, it's it's true. Well, you know, but that also partially comes back to I think you've talked about this extensively, or at least brought it up a bunch, Phil. It comes back to the fact that what disappears late in games when when play action, play action. Yeah, I mean Kirk's yeah. great at play action. Uh, if you could run play action, but if it's gone. Yeah, you know, like if gone. you could run play action with a minute and a half left with credibility, it would be a different story, right? But that's but that's the problem. And the, yeah, and the problem is that they're like, hold on a second, you might run the football. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, he is without any slight. He is one of the best play action quarterbacks in the world. When everything's all set up, and 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 you can you can run that play action. You can yep. suck a couple defenders in. And he turns right. He's super comfortable making that turn and finding that receiver, but that kind of goes away, like you said, in the last four minutes of each half, and his play tends to suffer. So, very interesting. Well, uh, that's a that's a two year sample size with all those quarterbacks. But that but those statistics or what you just read make perfect sense too, because what's I mean, I mean every every gripe, the good and bad of Kirk is on display in that stat. He needs, I mean, it's it's not a criticism of Kirk to say he needs things to be perfect. He basically does. So if you have everything at your disposal, which you do in, let's say, the first quarter, mm-hmm. play actions at your disposal, you can roll out if you, it, it doesn't, I mean, you can do whatever you're programmed to do. Yeah. But what happens in the last, you know, four minutes or two minutes of a football game or the half, everything goes to hell. It all collapses. And now it's on you. But, I mean, think about this one. Very simple. The ability to shuffle in the pocket at that point, and I'm not even talking about taking off and running. I'm talking about shuffle in the pocket and feel pressure becomes important. But Kirk doesn't have that. Um, my, my guess, and I don't watch Carr a ton because I, I don't watch Raiders games a ton, but my guess is if you go back and watch Carr play, he probably thrives when things break down. And and the the flip side to that, and the bad thing about that is, um, if things don't break down, he probably struggles when programmed with here's exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they're like, hey, go, you know what? This is the end of a football game. Go out there and essentially play schoolyard football. He's probably like, cool, this is awesome. I'm good at that. And that's where Kirk. I, I mean, I I don't even think like there's a a debate here. I think that's where Kirk doesn't thrive. And some guys do. And the best ones, of course, thrive in both situations. Yeah, and I think, too, it's like 
you know, a big part of my criticism of Kirk and the Vikings for giving him the money that they've given him is there's a lot of guys that can play well or well enough within a system if loaded up on play action and bootlegs and, you know, the Vikings made it workable enough with Ponder one year, tricking up, you know, play action, Peterson, bootlegs. It was play action, bootleg, play action, bootleg was like all Ponder ever did. Yep. And they went 10 and six and they played a playoff game, you know, like he was terrible, but they could, you know, you can trick up an offense with play action and with bootleg. And I'm, and by the way, like Kirk cousins is a hundred times better than in terms of accuracy and standing in the yeah, pocket than yeah. Christian Ponder. It's not a comparison, but, but like where, where you really make your money as a quarterback is when the things are sort of falling down around you or the game flow dictates that you're now down by a touchdown with three and a half minutes to go. And the and the things around you aren't perfect, or the 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 defense has found a way to get through your offensive line a little bit more. Who can rise up and and elevate everyone around them and still win those games? You know, fifty percent of the time or whatever in the last four minutes. And almost any way you look at it, Kirk is not good in those situations. He's not. He's really good in certain other situations. But if I'm trying to weigh like. What's the most important thing? Like the Derek Carr thing is very interesting. Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are basically locked next to each other in everyone's quarterback rankings. If one of them is 11th, the other one's 12th. If one of them's 13th, the other one's 14th, right? On every single quarterback ranking you ever see. So they're basically the same type of guy. But one of them is excellent in the last four minutes and rises up, and the other one is mostly terrible. Well, which one deserves more money? Which one's more valuable to winning games? I'll, t- I'll, I'll if 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 it's if I'm on the fence, like I'll take the guy a hundred times out of a hundred that rises up late in games and elevates the people around him. So now Derek Carr must be so bad in other situations that he he'll shipwreck a game before it gets to the four minute mark. You know, it's just kind of funny that he's number one on this list, uh, but he does have eleven game winning drives or fourth quarter comebacks in the last three years. I think the question becomes this, too, and have the Vikings, now Stefanski might have done this, but outside of Stefanski, have the Vikings not done a sufficient job of accepting the fact that despite his payday, Kirk is who Kirk is, and to use your term, Phil, that they need to trick up the offense in certain situations when they don't. Um, Is there, it feels like a lot of times at the end of games, the Vikings have always said, hey, Kirk, you go out there and earn that paycheck. And they full well know he's really not capable of doing that at that moment. So is there a way to get around that? Is there a way, are there different things that they should be trying to do in saying, look, you know what, this guy, play action's phenomenal, but it's gone right now. And we can't just tell him, drop yeah. back and make, play, and, you know, we'll call, we'll call XY Zebra 62 because it should work, but you know, it's not going to work. So, so do the Vikings take some of the responsibility here from a coaching standpoint that they don't give him enough help by just accepting who he is and say, here's, you're not the most talented guy in this predicament, so we're going to try and work around that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also the, there's always going to be the built-in excuse or just valid reason that, okay, when you take away play action and the opposing team knows you're going to throw and your pass protection is bottom five in the NFL, what's the quarterback supposed to do? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of framed as every time he drops back, there's someone in his face and, you know, that's true more often than with other teams because the Vikings have not had a good pass blocking unit. So as long as it, you know, if, if they can just be average this season, then that reason or excuse for late game come from behind failure goes away. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's really, quite frankly, it's on the Vikings the last three years why they haven't just put that to bed by focusing more on offensive line. And even this year, it's like, well, wait, we focus on offensive line. Look at what we did in the draft. Yeah, but you're leaning on rookies to save your offensive line in a win-now season. Or Ole Udo, who's never played right guard before, and hopefully it works. But if it doesn't, it's hard. And, and Kirk's dropping back, and there's guys in his face. It's hard to look at Kirk and say, well, that's 100% your fault when Garrett Bradbury can't block. And the comeback is, is well, I mean, they've only got so much cap room to work with, and the comeback to, to that is twofold. One, your quarterback makes a lot of that. And two, look at the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs have, have cap problems, too, and they went out after the Super Bowl and said, we will never have Mike Remmers starting for us again on that offensive line in a game like that, and yeah. good for them. Yeah, and of course, like, with Pat Mahomes, with Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, like, these dudes... There can be pressure up the middle. You don't want it, but there can be pressure up the middle, and they right. can just sprint but, out to the right and keep a play alive and throw the ball 40 yards down the field. And, but there's a better case to be made that the Vikings should have done what the Chiefs did because of that. Like, the Chiefs could, could have been like, we need to improve the line, but don't forget, our quarterback can really run. He's really good. The Vikings would be like, oh, my God, we've got to improve our, our line like Kansas City did. So it's weird that that the guy who has or that the team that has the mobile athletic just freakishly talented quarterback did what you would think a team with Kirk Cousins might do which would be we to say we've got to get a brick of a wall in front of this guy to give him every opportunity to have time to pass yeah um so that's your nerd football stat of the week here get those nerds on Purple Daily. Hey, don't forget the Minnesota Lottery has pumped out a couple really fun and potentially lucrative Viking scratch games. So the $5 game wins up to $100,000, comes in a cool holographic design that uh, even if you lose, it's just kind of a cool thing to have. $2 skull game. There it is right there. Look at that thing. Right. Nice. It's, like, it's like a disco I saved ball. It. Did you win anything? Didn't win. Oh. No. But who cares? Look at it. It's nice. No, it's five awesome, bucks. That's man. nice. Looks like an NFT or something. Yeah. If you could make that into a digital uh, file. Uh, $2 Skull Game will win you up to $15,000 in great second chance prizes like Vikings tickets and merchandise. Just say, I'm in to Vikings scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. Um, you can be any age if you play golf. You can be any age and stop into PXG Minneapolis. It's a golfer's paradise. Maybe this is the thing that gets Judd to dust off the golf game for the second time in 30 years. The first time is available on YouTube if you want to see that. <laughs> yeah. and, you, you, and you did a good job on the the uh, Scorn Earth Athlete Challenge at the time. Yeah, what did it take, four shots? No. Uh, five, I think it was five. We gave five. you seven on a par three. I think you double bogeyed, but okay. it was it was steady. He pipes his first shot in 20 years right down the middle, like 150 yards. <laughs> We're like, well, that, come on. And you know what? Ridiculous. If I had kept playing, it would have gotten worse. Because I didn't think about that. Just end it there. Uh, So PXG has some of the best clubs in the world, some of the best apparel you're going to find. You can find out why this is uh, such a hot golf brand the last few years at Southdale Center, PXG Minneapolis, and PXG.com slash Minneapolis. It's time for the random Viking of the week here on Purple Daily. That's right. Where I pit you guys against each other. And I give you fact by fact as we slowly unveil the random Viking of the week. You each get three incorrect guesses. You can ask me questions at any time. They must be yes or no questions, and I can refuse to answer them if I want to. And um, Judd Zolgad currently holds a 4-1 to one lead 
over Declan in random yeah. Viking of the week. But Declan does have the does have the easily the quickest answer. The, yeah, yeah. You week you one. answered Tavares Jackson within one four guess. words of my yeah, first yeah. clue, basically. Yeah. So he's got right. that. This random Viking of the week originally hails from New Jersey. This random Viking of the week played college football in the ACC. This random Viking of the week stands six feet four inches tall. This random Viking of the week. <laughs> this random Viking of the week. Yes. Was a fourth round pick. Okay, can I ask a question? Sure. Was he a fourth round pick by the Vikings? Yes. Okay. It's a good question. It is. Thank you. This random Viking of the week played for three other teams besides the Vikings. I don't even guess yet. This mm-hmm. random Viking of the week didn't start playing his NFL position until college. Halfway through college, maybe late college. This random Viking of the week. No. His last name is two syllables. This gets us in trouble every time. That gets me in trouble every time. You, you know, you know how to count. Um, no, I just stay away from that part of it. I never guess right after that one because then, then you expose yourself if you're wrong. <laughs> Two syllables. All right, this random. Any any other questions for you guys? Oh, you guys is, are, I, I was on to like something a, up until the I'd six like four pos- part. Yeah. I'd like a position, but I or, or a side of the ball, but I feel like uh, we're going to get it. This random Viking of the week. I already told you he was six foot four. Yeah. Also listed, also listed at three hundred thirty wow. pounds. Okay, so now we're talking about a so somebody who has switched to the line. Just depends on which Can't side. Get anything by you guys. Just, to, just depends. <laughs> hey, I'm talking out loud here. I'm t- putting the piece of the puzzle together. Shut up. Judd's like, so it's not a kicker. <laughs> or, yeah, yep. So it's not a running back. Damn. Um, ACC. N- not a punter. ACC, New Jersey college. native. All right. This random Viking of the week played college football at Pitt and also played for another NFC North team, although I think never actually got into a regular season game. Might have just been an off-season thing. Played it pit. This random Viking of the week was a nice guy, I think, but... Mm. This this random Viking of the week... What's that? What's that clue? This random Viking of the week paved the way for punching bags like Dakota Dozier and Drew Samia. Pave the he is way. An o- he is an OG of modern... Oh, I got to guess. ...punching bagness. I, I, I got to guess. Is it TJ Clemmings? There it is, Judge Solgad. What, what a performance. Just letting the clues had, come to you. I had Nick Easton written down, but then... 
So it was obviously Lyman. Okay. I almost guessed Easton, but TJ Clemmings is from, a great I one. He, I think he moved from defensive line to offensive line. Okay. Yeah, he was point, one of the right? best. So he was like legitimately one of the best high school defensive linemen. I think he was an edge rusher in the country. He was recruited as I think he was like the number one uh, recruit in New Jersey, and yeah. he was like sixth in the country as a defensive edge rusher. And then, like, right before his junior or senior year in college, they flipped him to the offensive line. And the Bears? he still gets drafted in the fourth round. It's amazing. Did the Bears give him a chance? Is that the other NFC North team? Yeah, the Bears gave him a look, and that was it. In 2019, mm-hmm. he also played for Washington and the Raiders over a couple years. And uh, and he is also one of the worst-graded position uh, players at his position, according to PFF, in his one main Viking season. Yeah, I can good. attest to that. I saw that. Yeah. That's what happened. But I feel like T.J. Clemmings was – because he yeah. took over for an injured Matt Khalil. And yes. he, it, was, it was unfair. Like, yes. he shouldn't have been playing because he was a fourth-round pick. But Correct. That he was did, a terrible. He was not good. And that was 2016, right? I believe so. Because I think they got by with it yeah. for a while, and then it just imploded. Yep. Yep. So there it is. That is your random Viking of the week here on wow, that, Purple Daily. That was very random. Company. Very random. Yep. Oh, there's plenty more where that came from. Oh, I can only imagine. Plenty, plenty oh, more. Oh, yes, yes. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode of Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. And uh, like we said earlier, so we have a couple fun announcements. One that we will almost certainly be unveiling early next week. And we got fingers crossed on a couple others here, but we got some fun things planned for the regular season, which is just a week plus away. We'll see you guys tomorrow for a little four question Friday. Thanks for hanging.